0: So in reading through Acts, I, I've kind of wondered um, and tried to put myself in the shoes of the disciples. And I think that's sometimes a good thing to do in Scripture because if if we immediately read Scripture and ask the question, what does that mean for me, I think sometimes we might misinterpret it because um, I think it's a better place to start off and say, hey, what did this really mean for the disciples in that moment? What did it mean for them in this time? How would they have received this? And then once we understand how they received it, then we can carry on practical application for us today. Um, And that's a different podcast for a different episode (laughs) or for a different day. But I think that's a good thing to think. And so I kind of wonder, and I guess reading through the book of Acts has made me um, think about this. I I wonder if when Jesus said the words he said in the Great Commission, you know, he's ascending into heaven, behold, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth, and there to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them everything that he's commanded them. I I wonder if there was any thought that this mission they were given was going to be easy. Like I wonder if the disciples walk together and say, Man, we just we just saw God die and get back up again. We have his power within us. That's what Romans says, right? We we have every single authority. Jesus has given us all this authority. I wonder if there was ever a thought that this church planning and church growing and kingdom building was gonna be easy. And maybe there maybe there wasn't. I don't know. I'm just trying to put myself in their shoes, but I will say this if there was some thought to that, it would have been quickly erased. I mean think about how Acts has progressed so far. You have Acts chapter 1 that's kind of just a recap of Jesus right Uh, ascending into heaven and then it tells them picking uh, Matthias um, and replacing Judas and then Acts chapter 2 talks about the Holy Spirit coming and they preach and it's epic and then Acts 3 begins with Peter and John healing this man and then ever since Acts chapter 3 they preach a little bit after Acts chapter 3 but then they immediately encounter this uh, opposition and they immediately encounter this persecution from the religious elite from the Sanhedrin and from the chief priests and the elders basically confronting what they're preaching. And so if there was ever this thought that this was going to be easy, that's quickly erased because the first miracle we see in Acts is immediately met with persecution and opposition. And their response to this is amazing. And that's where we're at in verse 23 through 31 today. So listen to what it says. It says, after they, so that's Peter and John, were released they went to their own people and they reported everything the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they had heard this, they all raised their voices to God and said, So it's a communal prayer that's happening here. Pretty incredible picture. This prayer happens and it says, They all raised their voices to God and said, Master, you are the one who made the heaven, the earth, and the sea, and everything in them. You said through the Holy Spirit, by the mouth of our father David, your servant. Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers assembled together against the Lord and against his Messiah. So two two things real quick before we keep on reading are important there. They quote the Old Testament and they quote David. I think it's interesting that they say, you said through the Holy Spirit by the mouth of your father, David. What are they recognizing? They are recognizing there that David is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit has now come but they are recognizing that the Holy Spirit was just as much active in the Scripture that David wrote and that David proclaimed as He is now. That's a pretty phenomenal statement. So the Holy Spirit has been active all along and is active in the inspiration of the Holy Scriptures. But also, I think it's good just to keep on noticing the connection that the apostles and the disciples make with the Old Testament. That Jesus and the New Testament Church is not some break from the Old Testament, but the disciples here and the early Christians would have seen it that this is just a continuation of what the Old Testament was pointing us towards. That's huge, and that's really important. So then in verse 27, the prayer continues. For in fact, in this city, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, assembled together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, consider their threats and grant that your slaves may speak your message with complete boldness while you stretch out your hand for healing signs and wonders to be performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus when they had prayed the place where they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak god's message with boldness and so just real quickly i want us to notice two things the first is that i've been reminded in this book so far and i'm reminded here that for the apostles and the disciples there is a um i guess there's a real awareness that jesus is still with them I mean, if you notice what they said in verse 30, uh, while you stretch out your hand for healing signs and wonders to be performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus, that Jesus is still active, that the Holy Spirit is still doing things and moving things. And, and so it's um, it, it really adds a lot of weight to when Jesus says, behold, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. The disciples believed that. And, and although Jesus wasn't physically present, they had his Holy Spirit with them and, and they believed that Jesus was very much there in their midst. And I would say the same is true for you and I, that the the presence of Jesus has not left us. We have the Holy Spirit of God inside of us. And that's an incredible, incredible thing. Um, So I think it's interesting that they noticed that. But then secondly, is really the content of their prayer. And I, I want us to notice this together today. They don't pray for their circumstances to leave. They don't pray for the persecution to stop. And they don't pray for a nice, easy road. Simply, they pray as these circumstances come that the people and that the church would have boldness in the midst of it. Isn't that an incredible thing? I mean, verse 29 says, And now, Lord, consider their threats and grant that your slaves may speak your message with complete boldness. That's incredible. Now, they don't pray for the difficult stuff to leave. They don't pray for it to disappear, but they pray that they would have boldness in the middle of it. Maybe that's how our prayer life should change. To, to say, God, if it be your will, would you remove something from me? I think that's an okay thing to pray, God, your will be done. But, but to ultimately say, man, whatever I'm in, God, would you give me boldness to help me follow you? Give me boldness to help me share who you are and what you've done in my life. And I think it's just incredibly remarkable here that they don't pray for the difficult times to leave, but they pray that they would have boldness in the midst of them. And the Lord honors that prayer as we're going to see in the book of Acts, because that theme of boldness is one that you could say defines the entirety of the early church and the account that Acts gives us. Thanks so much for listening. The Point is a ministry of First Baptist Church Indian Trail for high school students. We offer life groups every Sunday morning at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. And we meet on Wednesday nights at 6.15. For more information, you can go to our church's website at fbcit.org.